Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Yo, everybody get up! Everybody get up! Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service, so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Go, Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Locked on Cavaliers podcast. It is late Thursday, technically late Wednesday, early Thursday morning at Coquitlam's Arena. Um, I'm Chris Mank from FurtherStore.com. Joining me today, um, he's now, you actually the only person we've recorded with at the queue, so you have that distinction. Um, it's Alex Cooper from 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Alex, what's up, man? Huh. We got to stop doing this after losses, man. Look, yeah, I mean, like, literally, I, I messaged you a couple, like, yesterday, and I was like, hey, like, are you going to be at the game? Like, you know, you cover the Indians, like, you're going to be around to, uh, to do anything, and you're like, yeah, like, for sure. And uh, we did this after game three of the Celtics series, and they lose, and now the Cavs lose to uh, Golden State, 118-113, to 113, um, a game they were up with 115 to go. Durant hits a go-ahead with 45 seconds to go over LeBron James. Kyrie misses over Clay with 25 to go. The Cavs somehow waste 12 seconds and don't foul. Um, and now they're down 3-0. This, I, I think, the the mood of the arena. I don't think the Cavs are necessarily saying like you know they're they're out of this. That they feel that like they have 100% lost this. But um, and if you hear some noise, just know we're they're tearing down the queue. So if you hear some noise, that's that's what you're hearing. But this feels over. Um, and it's 3-0. It's a little different than 3-1. And um, I'm running about this right now, and you wrote something similar. But, like, two guys, even as well as Kyrie and LeBron played in this game, and they both 38 and 39 points for LeBron, 38 for Kyrie. Um, I don't think two guys can overwhelm Golden State. Like, this Golden State team. It happened last year. The circumstances presented itself to do that. I don't think it's possible this year. It's not. It's not possible. And Steve Kerr even post-game tonight said, and I guess he was saying to the Warriors bench during the game, that these guys can't go one-on-one with you for 48 minutes. They have to do something different, and I don't think that could be any more true. I think, I don't necessarily know that these guys are tired, talking about Kyrie and LeBron. I don't know that they're physically exhausted, and that's why what happened tonight happened. It's just that Kevin Durant ha- doesn't have to do that, and Kevin Durant can change a game. It's it's a relative fatigue. Like, right. 
uh, Durant doesn't have to like you need like LeBron is covering all these spots and sprinting back and doing all this stuff, and Kyrie has to kind of create his own in some ways, and it's so much easier for Durant. Like there's just less energy expent on his part. Yeah, he just he doesn't have to do that one on one thing every single time up before. I mean, he's obviously very capable. And, you know, he can get in the post and work in the post and he can take guys off the dribble. But the Cavs offense just, it seems so one-on-one based. And what Kyrie and LeBron can do in isolation basketball. And in, in just, like, basic pick and rolls. Like, they did, right. I, think, I think, like, one of the good things they did in this game was get Jared Smith involved in some pick and rolls and get him going a little bit. I think that fed into him a little bit but you're right like it, it is sort of one-on-one based or Golden State's going to move Golden State is going to just kind of be better at a lot of this stuff and it's not necessarily something that puts the Cavs at a huge disadvantage it's just something that allows the guys you know you have shooters like Curry and Thompson and Durant if they're not having to exert themselves and gas themselves on the offensive end possession after possession they're going to continue to shoot at a high clip and you can't take that away from him. So you just don't have that with the Cavs right now. It doesn't feel like – you don't want to say it doesn't feel like a full team because we know what this team is capable of on mm-hmm. all cylinders. It's just the Warriors have a different team. Everything seems different when you watch that team play because it's something unlike anything anyone's ever seen in this league. There's no hesitation in my mind to say that this is the best team ever assembled in the history of the NBA, and I think Friday, this time, it will have been confirmed. I mean, the first team to sweep through the NBA Finals, it might not happen. They might not be that first team, but either way, if they drop one game to this Cavs team, I think it still holds true, and just it's so much different than anything we've seen. There's just no end. There, there is no end. Like, I mean, you have, you know, Curry will stabilize them at points in this game, um, but then you have Durant is like the closer. Like, this is what they brought him to do is is give them that that one up and um, over the Cavs. And like, I'm, we mentioned just like how much different and like easier it is for Golden State. This is the I don't know. If this is the first time you've seen them play in person, but this is the first time I'd seen them play like live. And for me, it was like a very different experience like you can see in tv like how well they move how well they, they do all this all the stuff that they're known for and deservedly praised for on tv from watching from behind one of the hoops it's a very different view like so like i i thought i just wrote down this play for in the first quarter they're really great at getting up the floor um so like this is lebron scores in the first he literally, the moment the ball goes through the hoop, they're pushing. They are pushing, they're pushing, they're pushing. He has to go run back, stop the ball. He stops KD, but then Curry gets free because there's, it's just so hard to track all these guys. And the Cavs' personnel is just not, like, frankly, the, the most defensive-minded. Like, like, they're going to struggle in that situation. Like, there's a play where Ky- in this game where Kyrie doubled on Zaza and left Clay Thompson open, and then Clay Thompson to three. Like, the Cavs are, like, they're just going to do dumb stuff like that. I don't like, it's just kind of part of, like, a Kyrie's DNA, and, like, Kevin Love's going to struggle on that end, too. But, like, Golden State just does this stuff that, like, it. there's no really response to it for the Cavs. And, like, I like I think, like, we, we, we were talking about this um, when we were just kind of figuring what we were going to do here. But, like, the, if you would have told me that this is the kind of game, like, the Cavs are, are sort of, like, built to sort of win. Like, if they, their two best players 
are scoring that much and playing that well on the offensive end, like they should be able to win like 90% of those games. Like there are very few teams in this league that can keep up with that. Golden State is the team that just like can one up it because of Durant, because Kevin Durant can come down and hit a three and it's a wrap. Yeah, I think just again, you got outscored. I think that's all it is. The Cavs got outscored. They played fantastically in so many aspects of the game. I mean, defensively, I feel like they were better. But this Warriors team, and like you said, the ability to just get up the floor that quickly. LeBron scores, turns around, has to sprint back. That takes a toll on you. But you can't mark all of those guys all the time. If everyone had the defensive IQ as LeBron, then maybe you can work it. If everyone had, you know, his physicality, his size and speed, then maybe you can work it. It's just, it's not... I don't want to say it's not realistic because I don't think any team is unbeatable, mm-hmm. but this Warriors team on paper and on court throughout the playoffs seems perfect. No, I mean, they do. Like, I, I think uh, you, I don't think I've seen a team just like this good. Like, I, I, I have a hard time like saying they're the best team ever just because like I haven't seen like all these teams, but like if you're talking about the best team I've ever seen, it's this team. Like they're better than the 73 win team. I think they're better than the, the 14, 15 Warriors. Um, they're they're a juggernaut. Like LeBron James said this in his post game. Like they're they're a juggernaut. They, I think two at least two Cavs people after the game call them a juggernaut. Um, there's no good way to defend them. Like there's just no good way to deal with what uh, they're throwing at you. And like if you're the Cavs, like again, I think this is the game. Like you want to win. Like some stuff wasn't perfect. Like the defense, I think was it was an issue. Kyrie may, not making a single three was was a was a big thing. Um, I think Kevin Love only hitting, making one shot in this game after having two really good games start of the series was another big thing. But, like, LeBron was great again. J.R. Smith had his best game of the playoffs, I think. Um, you got good minutes out of Shumper. Corver hit two threes, and although he did miss the corner three, which will probably go down as the – more so than the Kyrie miss is, like, the shot you, you probably think would go in if you're going to replay that again. And he was like, very – like, he was very adamant. Chris Fedor asked him in the locker room, you know, what down the stretch will you – Remember, is there anything where you look at as a team that you really think, you know, that'll stick in your mind? And he just said unequivocally that it was that, that corner three that he missed. That's not something he misses I think, often. I think he's like a 47% shooter right. from the corners or something like that. Like, he's he's a marksman from anywhere, but like that. And he was open, and like you just think, he, you know, he sticks that. I actually really did like, though... Um, I haven't been a big fan of how Lewis managed the rotation in this series. I don't I, like Darren Williams probably shouldn't play again. Um, you know, like he was really bad again. You know, um, RJ has kind of been up and down a little bit. Uh, you know, we didn't see Fry on on uh, in Game Three. I really really liked him playing Jr. and Corver together. Gives you spacing. Corver hung on defense in certain matchups. Um, even against the Hampton Five, they kind of they kind of slid him in and, and hit him a little bit. And that's something they talk about doing when they when they brought him over, um, you know, in the first place when they got him. They wanted to maybe close that way. I think it's a really really good lineup. I we haven't seen it like at all for a variety of reasons, but I like I like that. That was like one of the things I thought was um, keeping the Cavs sort of in this game and keeping them moving forward in a game that was quickly kind of you know going to slip out of their hands late. But like they controlled this game for the large part of the third, for most of the fourth. Golden State wins it late. Like the Golden State was just too close. For to kind of for the Cavs to kind of hold them off, and uh, unless you know, like Durant maybe misses at three, like that could have happened. But like the the Cavs, in in pretty much every sense, like 
they controlled this game in the second half. Like you could feel the crowd buying into this and and all all these different things that are in their favor. And then it just Kevin Durant happens. Exactly. I mean, he's he's the Slim Reaper. They, you know, it was a cute nickname when he originally started getting those calls, but he's lived up to the name. He's he's a cold-blooded killer in those moments just because, again, I think it goes back to the fact that he has the ability to be fresh in those moments. He has the ability to still be... He's not predictable because you haven't seen him use his full arsenal even to that point in the game. He's got so much up his sleeve, and he can just pull it out at any time. And when he doesn't have to do it until crunch time, until he has to go out there and erase a lead, until he has to go out there and take over, you just you can't really come back from it. You can't really prepare for Kevin Durant to be unleashed on a team you, you with can't, you Steph Curry. Yeah, you can't like simulate like a an anomaly like an anomaly in a lot of ways and, and there are two anomalies and like Draymond Green is an anomaly as well. Um and he never he hasn't really had like we haven't had the like Draymond like game yet, you know, we haven't seen that in the series. Um, if, if that's how they close out the series, I think Cass fans are gonna be super bitter about it. Like they're gonna be bitter I think any way you look at this. Um, but like they I mean they had a Draymond sucks chant going, which is like a step above the Kelly Olinick uh, treatment. I one thing I want to point out here: nine oh two in the third quarter, Kevin Love hit the three, puts the Cavs up seventy one to sixty nine. That was the first time all series the Cavs led after the first quarter. That's... The first time. It's the third game. <laughs> it is the third game of the series, and Curry at eight forty nine gets an and one, makes the free throw. The Cavs' first lead after the first quarter, the first time it happened, lasted 13 seconds. 13 seconds. It's very short-lived. It was... Tells me everything. It literally tells me right. like everything I need to know. You yeah, know? kind of a microcosm. I never really felt at any point tonight that the Cavs would hold on to win this game. I don't know how much that adds to our conversation. Well, but I think just in <laughs> in that aspect, the fact that you know, they come back, they get that lead, they hold on to it for 13 seconds. Just, they haven't done anything really to inspire, at least me, to think that they can take control of a game. It's just, again, it goes back to this Warriors team is too good, and they can score too many points in the blink of an eye. I think the reason to feel optimistic in what the Cavs were doing was that you would you have Kyrie and LeBron to close out the game. Um, like I don't even like hate Kyrie's last shot. You know it's not perfect. Um, I, you know I think they used a lot of the shot clock to get a, a kind of a hard shot. But he made a similar shot to win the finals. He hit a tough shot over Clay to to win Christmas Day. Like that's kind of what you have Kyrie there for. Like the way the Cavs are built, they're they're built to sort of have like again like to have them score a lot. If they and they will score like they can close out any game. Like that's what they do. Golden State's like the team where like. You, if you miss one shot or you miss, like, one open three or LeBron. I think LeBron, like, missed a layup or a dunk in the game at some point. Um, when, like, one of those little things happens and you have this slim margin of error and you're, like, playing you're the best you've played all series as a team and it's so close, 
this is just kind of like the outcome. Like, this is sort of the, like, what you're playing against. Like, Durant's not going to hit that shot every time. Tristan Thompson's not going to, like, mess, you know, like, the, give up that switch on the baseline every time, and Durant's not going to score them every time. But, like, odds are, like, those are good shots for the Warriors. And, like, the probabilities favor the Warriors in those situations. And, like, that's the difference between these teams this year. The Cavs just, like, can't match that. I don't think anyone can. I don't think, I mean, no one has. You would think that. The Cavaliers, just with their personnel, just with being able to put three stars on the floor at any time, you'd think that they would be the closest to being able to match that. And, you know, this is, this was, I think, the closest game the Warriors have played all playoffs. It, it at least feels like it as far as a final score. It, it was the most tense, you know, like, and that, that's being here, that's like having not been in any other Warriors games. But this was the most tense game I have been to in terms of what we were actually watching. If that that has to, I, I think there's like some, you know, like there's some things there that are connected to that. You know, that's not like perfect, but um, like I, I this felt tense. Like and, it, and the Cavs crowd was like very into it and, and reacted when when it went the wrong way. Like you could feel the, the the crowd like react in a way that only only you only really feel when it's like actually a game that matters to them. Like if it was a random regular season game that they lost like this. Like, it was against the Kings or something random. Like, I think you would have had people be annoyed, but they wouldn't have been freaking out and, like, and like mad about this. Like, I think you leave for Cavs and you leave this game, whether you're watching at home or watching at the queue, like, you're just kind of like, well, like, what else do we say about this? Yeah, I mean, and this is what I wrote about is ever since that last game, since Game 7, June 19th a year ago, Everything built to this moment. Everyone knew that this was going to be the finals matchup. I mean, I don't know that I've ever... Generally, you know, going into a season, a lot of people err on the side of one particular matchup. But I've never, in my time watching the NBA, do I remember it being so unanimous. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone in Cleveland, I know just from dealing with people calling up a radio station for the last year or, you know, since the season started back up and getting to this point, everyone was just waiting for this. And then you got to the finals, and even though the Warriors swept through the West and the Cavs lost one game in the East, you still felt like things were relatively equal. Each team won a game in the regular season with Kevin Durant. And then you got here, and it was 2-0. And you say, all right, been here before, coming back home. You felt like the series could turn back in favor of the Cavaliers. Yeah. yeah. It, it didn't. It was, it was, they got some momentum, but it was heart-wrenching. It was gut-wrenching. And the way that they lost, I think, takes more air out of the tires, more wind out of the sails than... Maybe maybe another blowout would have done the same thing, but the fact that you surrender that lead that you held for 14 minutes of game time in the last minute of the game mm-hmm. to you know the former MVP that joined a 73 win team, I think all of that just culminates in, in the, like the, the team you've worst seen three times possible. In a row. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just everything, everything emotionally. I don't know how that's not the most draining possible scenario outside of like an injury or something like that. I think just feeling like you were finally going to break through and could get some momentum and it was just ripped away from you. I think that's where it really hurts. To wrap it up on this, um, what are you looking for in game four? I think like for me, it, it's two things. Like 
can LeBron and Kyrie do this again? Can they? Can Love shoot a little bit better? Can the Cavs make threes? Um, and is that enough to get them to Oakland? Because I think that's like their path to victory. That's the path to them extending the series. It's that one. It's the path we saw tonight, but just a little bit better with Kyrie and, and whatnot. Yeah, I think it's got to be a third man emerging. Love or Jr. I would, I would guess maybe Corver combination of those guys if we're being honest yeah those are the only guys who really play meaningful minutes outside of you know the starting lineup that's the thing I've been looking at is just looking at the minutes distribution and looking at the DNPs and looking at the roster obviously you're not going to go 12 deep you're not going to go really even 10 deep if we're getting wind blown out of the queue we are getting wind blown out of the queue but when I just look at the roster now and what Darren Williams is giving you and what Richard Jefferson is really capable of at the, this point in his career, I think realistically you're seven deep and yeah. I think four of those guys aren't giving you a whole lot. Yeah. So, I mean, someone's got to emerge in this next game. I th- but, I th- then, but then Kyrie and LeBron have to do the same thing again. And yeah, that's I, just... I think like no matter what else you do, it comes down to LeBron and Kyrie playing like this again, which is a lot to ask. They're going to be tired. Like Golden State's going to have, I think, a, an energy advantage in, in Game 4. Uh, the Cavs are not going to be a team that benefits from that one day off. Uh, and that's just kind of, I think, the, the nature of, of how they play and just the, the nature of how the series um, has played out. Um, Alex, I'm going to ask you right now, I'm gonna can we, can we book you? to talk about this team like in a couple weeks when we kind of gotten passes we can look at this roster and kind of hit on more what you are hitting on there yeah man all i'm right. always available right. i don't think i'll be here for game four i think the tribes in town so yeah i mean no there is a there's friday in cleveland's uh indians game and a Cavs game two hours apart um and i feel like the it's like the this like kind of like a good changing of the guard moment of of how people can pay attention <laughs> we're pronouncing them dead i mean it wouldn't shock me goes to five, but I don't. No yeah. teams ever come back from three zero. No, you're gonna get. I, I feel like we're gonna hear. Yeah, but they said no one's come back from three one. Yeah, no LeBron one, got asked that actually. Yeah, right. He got asked out of the presser. No one came back from three one in a final series ever. No one has come back from three zero in any NBA playoff the Cavs, series. Okay, I'm just gonna let's just end. The, let's just uh, unequivocally. Series. If the Cavs come back from three zero against this Warriors team, like. Greatest comeback in sports history. It's better than it's better than Leicester City so winning the many. Premier League. It's better than the three one. It's better than like the Red Sox coming back from like that that one series against the Yankees. Like it's literally better than anything that has Ooh, ever man, happened. The in Yankees, sports. the Red Sox, Yankees won. Yeah, I would say I would say it would overcome that just because I think in basketball you know what team is going to win 80% of the time. Like, the more talented team generally the triumphs. Indi- the individual player talent, like, wins out right. a lot. Baseball's a little more random where you can get those, you know, four games straight to come back from a 3-0. Yeah, I would say, I would say that's the thing. The other thing, too, is I don't think that there is a question that LeBron is the greatest player of all time if he were to erase this. Yeah, he should just, like, retire, go hanging out a banana boat and, like, drink some wine. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't mean to that. I don't mean to revive that tired narrative, but I think that instantly becomes the narrative if he, for two years in a row, does something no team has ever done against mm-hmm. maybe the two best, I mean, the best regular season team mm-hmm. of all time. And 
a team knocking on the door of being the best postseason team. Yeah. I mean, they've already got the record for most straight in yeah. a single um, and, al- and also, like, too, they're the team that's going to define, like, this new era of basketball, I think. Like, yeah. I, th- I think they're going to be, like, the defining. Like, Curry is going to be one of the defining players of this of right. this era we're going to be in. Um, him and Durant, and like, but mostly him and, and their style of play, I think, um, comes down to it. Um, Alex, thanks for coming on. Uh, just let everyone know where they can find you on Twitter real quick. At Lex Hooper, at L-E-X-H-O-O-P-E-R. I'd appreciate the follow. Yeah, give him a follow. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. He will not be the I'll do something after the game on Friday. <laughs> I'm not doing a show to give you a heads up on Friday ahead of the game. I just There's not really a whole bunch else for me to say. Like, what, This is your game preview. Um, I will I will have a recap up of Game 4, and we'll look ahead to Game 5 if it gets there, but no show on Friday. We'll have one um, early, late Friday night, early Saturday, depending on when, you know, when the game ends and when all the kerfuffle uh, kind of winds down. But this has been Locked on Cavs. Um, we're live at the queue if you hear all the fans and stuff. There's literally lights being turned off um, as we do this. It is late, uh, but thanks for Alex for sticking it out. And uh, at the end here, you'll hear Kyrie Irving's press conference. Um, from the ones I heard, he was had kind of the most interesting one, um, and a little bit from Kyrie there to wrap this up. But it's been locked on Cavs. It's been Crisp and Alex. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, Cavs lose game three, are down 3-0 um, as of the series in this NBA Finals looks like it's getting towards an end. So you guys play so well. Definitely tough. Hurts. Came down to the stretch. Maybe some big time plays. JD comes down, hits a a big three, puts him up one. Ice is on the wing. Uh, Probably be replaying that play for for a while. But it it definitely hurts. Um, I'm human, as well as my teammates. And, uh, you know, lay it all out on the line like that. Uh, You know, you want to come out on the wing side, but. Uh, you know, we gave a, gave a great, great effort, and um, you know, the result just didn't turn out the way we wanted to. I apologize if I'm shivering until I just got out of the cold tub, so I don't think I'm like getting sensitive, I guess. <laughs> just, just pretty cold. Kyrie, Kenny Rowe to WHBC. Coach Kerr said he kept telling his players they're going to run out of gas, they're going to run out of gas. Did you guys just simply run out of gas and that? Stretch where you got outscored 11 nothing to close the game? It's the finals. I mean, we had our horses in. Uh, you know, myself and Bron eclipsed the 43 minute mark. Um, you know, playing pretty well. And they make some big time plays down the stretch. And they're juggling our routine, do a great job spacing out the floor, keeping a high tempo, and uh, just made some big time, uh, big time plays down the stretch. Um, you know, you got to give credit when credit's due. Any other questions? In the back right, Dan. Harry, Dan Devine, Yahoo Sports. Uh, you've been going back and forth with, uh, with Clay for the last three games, you know, really hand-to-hand combat for most of it. You were able to have a lot more success tonight. Uh, what did you see in the matchup that was able to sort of open things up for you this evening? Uh, saw some space, started attacking early, and, you know, getting in transition off our rebounds. I mean, excuse me, off, off their misses. Um, you know, got a few rebounds, got to push in transition. Got to the free throw line a little bit. Um, and, you know, just stayed aggressive the whole entire game. I mean, when they're doing a great job of loading up on you, every ISO, every time you're coming up, pick and roll, you got to find out ways 
to still be effective. So I tried to do that tonight, but um, you know, it wasn't enough. Thank you. 